get into today's episode, I want to go ahead and remind you guys of the drop happening tomorrow at foundationdisc.com, 5 p.m. Eastern. We're releasing the color-changing UV photon zones. They're basically light gray when they're inside. They turn to a purple when they're outside. Super excited about this release. It'll be dropping at 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night, foundationdiscs.com. Patron members on the marble and concrete tier will get early access, and marble member patrons will be getting one for free for their June disc. So if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do so. But other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock, Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined, as always, by Trevor. And uh, we got we got a fun show for you today. Uh, we're going to be starting off like we have been in the past with another five-star review. This one comes from MKV Mom. Uh, it says... You're probably going to hate or love this show. I love this show because Hunter and Trevor keep you in the know while still being entertaining. Always consistent uploads on Thursdays, recapping the previous week and previewing the upcoming week. Each week you can count on important news, hot takes, stupid arguments, and new perspectives to think about. <laughs> love the stupid arguments just thrown in there. Yeah. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts and you haven't before, we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a review. Uh, it means the world to us. Five star, one star, whatever it is. We read them all and we take the feedback very seriously to help improve the show. Um... And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment, go ahead and like this video, share it. If you're not subscribed here, uh, we really appreciate that as well. But I want to start off before we get into the Portland Open and all of that stuff. I want to talk about last night. We had a weekly event. Oh my okay? gosh. We have a weekly. Seriously? We have a weekly every single week. That's what makes it a weekly that we run. It's a, a handicap series. So basically, like based on your performance, you get a stroke advantage on the rest of the field. Yeah. Um, first off, complete side note nick carl has been absolutely shredding it dude high key nick carl watch out he's gotten good watch out world nick carl is good at disc golf he shows up with basically he has so a handicap a scratch is a zero he shows up with three strokes being added to his score so scratch is like thousand rated on this course assuming nick carl's been averaging like 10 30 every week he shows up so like he has to basically shoot he would have to shoot like a 38 to, to have a shot at winning he's right he's gotta now. get back out there man he's gotta get back out there on tour <laughs> some yeah. way but that's nothing to do with what happened last night so so last night was connor's first time showing up there so it was me trevor connor and the other guy who works here in the warehouse silas uh so all four of us all four of us are on a card we knew there was a chance of storms that was very evident but the chance started at like seven and we were teeing off at 5 30 so we we're like if we play fast we can do this so everyone tees off at 5 30 and so we get, we're going, we're going. The storms like start to go away. We're like, oh, it's looking great. But around hole 14, the chances of the storm start popping back up again in the weather forecast. It starts at like 7 p.m. It's like 30%. I'm like, okay, 30%. It's okay. Then we get to like hole 15. Start, it gets to like 50%. And I'm like, it's coming. It's going to happen. We got to get, we got to get this done. We get to hole 17 and you start hearing this like, this like wind noise. It's pretty loud. <laughs> And we're standing there, we're like, what is I that? I want to point out that on hole 16, Hunter had like a 10-footer, and he we heard like a little bit of thunder or something, and he goes, oh no, and then just doinks his 10-footer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was so stressed because like, we're the ones running the weekly, and so like, obviously, I'm the one who has to make the call if I need to like get everyone off the course, and I'm always just terrified of that because I don't want to be the guy who, A, calls people in too soon before the lightning hits, and you're like, everyone's like, oh, you're an idiot, why'd you bring us in? Or B, risk anyone's life by leaving them out there on the course. Uh, and so we get to hole 17. I'm like, it doesn't seem like the storm's that bad. So I'm still pretty confident we're going to finish. We start hearing this like wind noise. I'm like, what the heck is that? And then, then it started like, it started getting a little louder. And you're like, is that rain? But it like sounded like a heavy rain. 
but it, there's no droplets at all. We're standing in the woods, but like it's an open area in the woods. So like if it was raining, we'd feel it, but it's like loud. Like it sounds like it's pouring. It keeps getting louder and louder and louder. Next thing you know, we start like walking up to hole 18. We're on the path and you see this wall of rain just so crazy coming down the path i've like never it, had that happen it me. wasn't like like there was like little droplets that start getting heavier like there is no rain and you can literally see a wall just like coming to overtake you of rain <laughs> that's awesome and so we just book it we stayed on the trail um because there's like we we're whole 17 to 18 it like starts on the mountain bike trail but then it breaks off to the left to get you into the wide open field that is hole 18 we stayed on the trail and we're running through the woods trying to stay dry we get up to the basket of 18 and I know that on the other side of the basket of 18, there's a shelter. And I know this path takes you behind the Parks and Rec building, which is in the parking lot, but like the far side of the parking lot. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to the shelter. They decided not to. So I book it to the shelter. Turns out that's where the entire weekly was. So I get to the shelter and everyone's there, you know, just camping in there. I was the only one that got that had to walk through the rain. They all like as soon as they saw the wall of rain coming because they were in the open, just got in the shelter, so they were all like completely dry. And here I walk in, being I could like wring my t-shirt out if I wanted to. So I walk in, we're all just like talking, whatever. They're like, "Where's Trevor?" And then I was like, "I don't know." They stayed on the they stayed on the path. And so then like five ten minutes go by, and the rain lightens up to where everyone's like, "It's it's basically done." The rain's like had blown over, so everyone like starts going back to their holes. We're about to like finish out. Everyone had like two or three holes left. So I call Trevor. I'm like, hey man, story, like, um, man. I call Trevor. I'm like, hey man. You guys be really disappointed with the punchline. <laughs> well, it's not a punchline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, hey man, uh, the store's over. You, you coming back? He's like, no. What do you mean? Him and him and Connor freaking got in their car and just abandoned <laughs> us. And so then Silas and I go back and we finish out our last two holes. And everyone else in the weekly finished out their last two holes, and Connor and Trevor are just just gone. You know what's funny is like, and what sucks about it beyond all that is like a tournament. Sure, they get par plus four because it screws them. And a handicap weekly, I was like, I don't give them par plus four because then that just boosts their handicap. So then the next week, Trevor's gonna show up and it's destroy chess. me. It's chess. You know what's funny is like you were like the thing is we were we were soaking wet. We stayed on the path, but we were soaking wet. And like Connor and I were already playing like suck that night, so like we just did not, we were not in the mood. My car exploded on the way there. So you were it's playing like, your best you had played. You're out of your mind, bro. No. Yes. It didn't feel like that because even when I gave you two pars, you shot a fifty-one. I shot it in the forties the first two weeks. Yeah, but you had two pars. So if you went birdie birdie, which you probably would on those last two holes, you're okay. forty-nine. It wasn't. It just it wasn't as good as it could have been, anyways. But and what's funny is when you called us and we're like, and I was like, yeah, dude, we're like already halfway home or whatever. We were like sitting in the park. I knew you were. <laughs> I was telling Connor, I was like, go, 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 get us out of here. It didn't look like the kind of rain that you could just wait and finish your holes. It looked like it was like yeah, a dude. bad storm when we finished the road, man, it, was it wasn't even there. like on my radar to stay and finish the holes because usually no. that would be what it i was felt doing. like an escape to us it, it really did and we had we really bonded on that path back you know it yeah did matter, you see dude. yeah you saw the picture saw of lesson and silas yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Bunch of> jerks. <laughs> well it's funny i'm like, glad you i'm glad you took all that time to tell the story about your heartache well, when I called Silas and when I called you, because Silas called we me. We right Silas after, were dead. <laughs> and Silas, yeah, y'all just abandoned him. We <laughs> literally went to go get in the car. We're like, all right, bye, Silas. <laughs> <laughs> so Silas goes running over the hill and it's still raining. So he had to walk across the wide open field, anyways. It's like he could have just come with me. Hmm. That's a great story, man. Yeah. I'm sorry, Hunter. Silas almost won the weekly. He lost by two strokes. The yeah, handicap. He was having he, himself a he, night. He kind of shredded. But. 
I was just boosting my handicap the whole round. I mean, if I had shot in a 49, my handicap would have given me, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have won. No, you would have had a 42 adjusted and 39 adjusted one. I'm only here to win, man. <laughs> you would have been a lot closer. But that doesn't count. All right. Well, now let's get into the Portland Open. A, yeah. How about a real topic now? <laughs> I just felt like that was a good story. You, you need, I think you needed the vent. I think that's what that was about. I just wanted people to know. I thought it was a fun story. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. I'm always down for a good story. Yeah, I know you. Maybe are. that's a new segment. Story time with story. What? Bogey Bros Fireside. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I, I like naming the segments. You got a segment name? Bogey Bros Firefest. Yeah. You can tell them about we our should... run. You want to tell them about our run? Club? Oh yeah, we also started a run club. <laughs> the the four of us here. This is turning into the view. <laughs> <laughs> like we started a run club, so basically we're just. I mean, it, it is what it sounds like. It we're is. all running. We are who we thought they we were. We are. We are runners now. Yeah. So <laughs> I have start... officially declared us. I declare we are runners. Our shorts are going to get shorter. Our light. <laughs> They're not much shorter they can get, but I mean, my, Connor, I'm wearing. I... I'm wearing some like and one shorts today. They're down. They're down to my middle. Ew, of my kneecap. Bro. It was all those clean. I ran in my good shorts this morning. And I was like, frick. Idiot. I had to put on my I had to put on my basketball shorts. These are my painting shorts. They got paint all over them. Nice, dude. But yeah, so I was the first. I'm the first one in. I logged a. The first week we're just running one mile three days, so three miles we're total. Start slow. I ran. Uh, let's see this. Eight minute and nineteen second mile this morning. Don't come after him for that. Comments, calm down, man. There, I, I mean, just, I'm happy I was with just it. putting that out there. I'm proud of it. He's I mean, I know. What do you faster. think your time was running from the woods to the shelter? Yeah, that's in the that. rain. <laughs> I was running a five-minute mile. You ran like a, you ran like a four-five forty. That was with my disc golf backpack on. <laughs> I was sprinting. That's the worst running with the disc with your discs on your back. One time at Sandusky, my buddy and I got stranded in a real bad storm: thunder, lightning, monsoon, rains, and we ran a ways back, like probably a good quarter mile. Bags on her back. You just got to pull the straps tight, yeah. flip it, and just, and just hope it. for the best. Oh, it was brutal. No, no regard for human life when you're just sprinting through a storm. Uh, oh, we also before we before we get too deep into the Portland Open, I just want to kick it off with a congrats to Trevor. Oh my gosh, you finally did it. Who was it? Who was it? Kirby. It was Kirby. Yeah. Kirby. Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. I Does it so feel funny. good to be on this side? Not really. I was a loser. <laughs> I, I kind of decided that the, the joke of me losing every week was funnier than me winning, like was better than me winning. So like the one, the first week that I like try to make it a thing. That Did I, you win? I win. So like. I already bought him his latte. That's great. I was drinking. scared that I ruined it, that I was going to be the one, that, the one that ruined your your losing streak because I thought I chose too low of a rated person. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Hunter. So I was kind of disappointed in myself whenever I thought that I lost, but then Hunter actually lost. Hunter, I lost. Hunter's boy laid an egg. It was not a good I week. I remember who. It was Hunter, Tanner who, Gerard. Tanner Gerard. Come on, man. It was not a good week for him. Dang it. But I already gave Trevor his latte. It was good. He already drank it, so you don't have the joy I'm of down hearing him chug that thing. And I'm feeling the effects, but go for it. <laughs> you just got to make it through an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but on the results side, we had Eagle McMahon winning by one stroke. And then we had Ricky and Paul tied for second. So great. Um, this is Eagles' third Pro Tour win. Yeah. Now it has been mentioned and pointed out, um, and this is just a this is just a stat. All three of his wins have been on golf courses. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about our thoughts on this in a second, but I wanted to hear the disc golf world's thoughts on this because Hannah Macbeth. This tweet has since been deleted, uh, but Hannah Macbeth tweeted. Eagle has three wins in 2021, and they're all on golf courses. What does disc golf Twitter think? 
Yeah. She I don't think she meant it to stir the pot. She got a lot of slack for that tweet. And like, I'd like to say, in my mind, I, I read that tweet and I thought to myself, yeah, like that's what we were all thinking. We yeah. were all thinking like, huh, he's won th- three times. But like, I didn't I didn't read it as like a, oh, Eagle, Eagle can only win on golf courses. Like I yeah, didn't read it like that. I, I just either. read like, they're all on golf courses. What just I, She got a lot of flack for it. But the Eagle fans are there. They're loyal, man. My Be my careful. favorite my favorite response comes from the man himself, Eagle. He quote tweets Hannah with a a quote from David Goggins that says, "If you could walk on water, trust me, your haters will say you can walk on water because you can't swim." So poetic. I just like that was like a it was like a, such a nice way to kind of tell someone off. I felt like yeah, I don't I just don't think he really deserved it. But I mean, I guess. Well, no, quote. I get what he's saying because if I was Eagle, I'd be like, "What the heck?" Like. Did, did, did everyone else not play on golf courses? Nah. Like, if I was Eagle, I'd be, like, a little butthurt by it. But then Drew Gibson also got in on the action. He yeah, quote-tweeted Hannah. Don't leave it to Drew Gibson, man, <laughs> to just say something dumb. <laughs> he also quote-tweeted the same tweet from Hannah and said, so she said, what does this golf Twitter think? He says, I think he won. He played the same holes from the same tees as other players and happened to score less strokes. In this sport, that equals a winner. He also won Idlewild last year. That's pretty wooded. Not just a one-trick pony, but hey, let's ask Twitter to validate him. I, that's that's mean, man. That, that that's not the point. I'm the here point for it. it. I mean, that wasn't the point of the tweet, though. Like, you don't you don't need to catch all that slack. Hey, come on, like you're Drew Gibson. Like you're a professional. Like you guys are all these guys are all pro disc golfers. You shouldn't have. That's like a Kevin Durant move to like have to like respond to these tweets to like protect themselves. Like, but that's like a, I. Whatever, man. Just take the just take the hate. I just if you're eagle, like just sit back. Now his tweet was a little more like I disagree. Classy. This is like this calls like a storyline. Like this is like the Brooks Kepka No, I don't think it's I, not to that level, I don't but the think, same type no, of yeah, thing. I don't think it's I don't think it's like a problem. But I think it's like it's like entertaining. I feel but like, like this is what you want. But I feel like if I were in their shoes, I'd just like I mean whatever, I won. It's like I don't need to respond to that. I mean, I probably wouldn't respond just because I'm I'm too it's much of like different a people than Brooks Kepka because like the person making the original tweets, like these are actual like actually their peers. So like they're people they're playing against. Like Hannah, when even when she's competing, she's not in the same division even. So like, I don't know. It is what it is. I mean, I just thought. I, mean, I don't know. I'm I got. A, inter- always, I got entertainment. I'm always down for for a little Twitter beef. It's a little Twitter beef, you know. Who, Twitter beef. who doesn't like Twitter beef? No, we need more Twitter beef. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You're just saying you didn't like it. But no, I, no, what I'm are saying thoughts, I would handle it differently. Is all. But what are your like thoughts on the original tweet? So the Eagles three wins. They're all on so golf just talking courses. about like the whole eagle. So we're just we're just gonna replace what does disc golf Twitter think and say what does grip lock? Here's think? the thing. Here's the thing. Eagle is like uber talented. So like, and I th- I don't think there's really holes in his game. There's people will say like, yeah, he's not as good with the finesse like wood stuff. Obviously, his distance gets him gives him an advantage. But really, what I've decided is he's only he's not obviously nobody really this year is winning by a bunch of strokes they're kind of it's they're just winning by a few and i literally think for eagle on these golf courses the separator is his rollers i think his rollers are just so absurd he takes par fours that would be difficult or par fives that would be difficult and makes them very easy or easy by comparison because he's i mean getting we're talking 200 feet further than other guys sometimes when he's laying down these massive rollers so I literally think that those like few strokes he's winning by on these golf courses are coming from those rollers and pretty much those rollers alone. He's obviously obviously the rest of his game is is working, but though, like that is making the difference for him is the, is those rollers. Yeah, I mean I don't. He is insane at them. <laughs> he's I, so yeah, good. that's what I think is like. There's a fine line of like yeah, Eagles game is very good for golf courses, but. It's I don't want to like I don't want it to sound like it's a discrediting thing for yeah. his wins because. No. Guess yeah. who else played on golf courses and is very good at golf courses? Ricky Wysocki, Paul McBeth, 
Calvin Heimberg, yeah. Double G. You could say his game is suited for golf courses. He's not up there. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like Eagle A. Eagle didn't make the decision for three Pro Tours to be on golf no, courses. He's just playing his game. Eagle showed up, played his game, and he has won three Pro Tours, and we're only in June. To me, yeah, so, he's dominating right now. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of arguments that will come from his Waco finish where he came in like 47th. Yeah. But if you think back to that time, remember he was posting on Facebook about tweaking his back or something happened where he wanted a cart. Yeah. So like I don't want to say like Maybe that's not a hard. valid point, but to me right now, if I had to pick a number one player in the world, I think I would. I'd, it'd be torn, kind of torn between Ricky and Eagle, but I think I'd be leaning towards Eagle. It's because leaning towards Eagle right now. You have three Pro Tour wins. Yeah, we'll see. What, we'll see what happens when we swing towards the East Coast. But like at this moment, yeah, Eagle seems like the guy to beat every week. Yeah, well, right I mean, when you have when you have the field that's as good as it is, to have a full season with three Pro Tour wins, I feel like it's yeah. a a great accomplishment. He's on a really good pace right now, and he's already done it. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, we're starting to get towards Worlds. Two of the rounds at Worlds is going to be on a golf course. So yeah. even if it's like a, I don't even know what you want to call it, but some type, like if you want to be like, oh, well, Eagle's only good on golf courses, which is, that's not true. I don't want to think, I'm I'm not saying that. I've heard people say it. Mulligans at Worlds, two of the rounds, golf course. You know, it's setting up where Eagle, I think, to me, two weeks out, I think Eagle and Ricky are the two favorites going into Worlds. Because Ricky sure. has proven time and time again at the Utah Open that he knows how to play those courses. I would, I would, it's, yeah, I would, all, I would throw Paul into that mix just because of the, well, it's Worlds, so you always have that Paul worlds, right? Mix. Just because his history with Worlds is that he wins most of them, but yeah, I would say as far as just, if it was any other event, it would very much be Ricky and Igor, yeah. the, the current guys that you're looking at to win. Yeah, so, I mean, I think it's a fine line, like I was saying, of like, not discrediting his win by any means. But his game is very suited for golf courses. So, like, it's not a shock that the three golf course tournaments, Eagle won. Yeah. No. But for to beat the field three times already is extremely impressive. Yeah. And it was one of the more exciting events down the stretch oh, to watch live. it was live. incredible. So it was incredible. If you missed it live, because I, I, I didn't watch post-produced because I watched it live. But I, I saw on Twitter where post-produced made you miss some of the emotions that were being shown, some of the pushes um, and stuff like that that live captured, I thought, pretty well. Um, so Eagle lost the lead. You, you would have saw that on post, regardless how you watch. He lost the lead to Kevin Jones. Mm-hmm. Kevin Jones had what, like a two or three stroke he lead at one three point? Three strokes. Yeah. Going into 15, I think. Kevin Jones steps up. I think he misses his par putt. There's a, it comes back with like a, is it a headwind putt, I believe. Yeah. Chains out. It wasn't a good putt. Chains it was out. like chain and like spun off the rim a little yeah, bit. And the wind caught it and picked it up. Like, mm-hmm. and it rolls. And rolls OB. Then he ended up triple bogeying the hole. He did, yeah. So then at that point... No, quad. Quad bogey did? He took a seven. Jeez. Yeah. So at that point, he dropped from like 22 under down to like 18 under or something like that. Yeah. Basically, it didn't take him out of it, but it's going to be really hard to recover from that. Mentally, yeah, he was gone. Which what that ended up doing is now you had, I believe it was Eagle and Rick were at the 20 mark. And you had Calvin. Paul and Calvin were at the 19 mark, yeah. or somewhere in there. Whenever they were going, whenever Paul and Calvin were going into tw- or hole 18, they were both at 19, and on, back on 17, uh, uh, you had Eagle and Ricky at 20, and they both parred 17, which left the door open. That okay, if Calvin and or Paul can make a birdie, they put the pressure on. Yeah. And then Paul did a very Paul thing. Oh my gosh! On eighteen, so sick. he banged. I mean, it was elevated basket on eighteen. Paul's like, 
what would you say 60 to 70 feet at least and, and up up on the elevated basket it was a crazy the, it was a very paul moment and he bangs the putt so he's sitting in the so clubhouse sick. at 20 under par with eagle and rick on the 18th i'm literally getting chills eagle and rick on the 18th at 20 under par yeah so if they can birdie boom you know we might have a two-way playoff between eagle and rick but if they par, we have a three-way playoff between yeah, Eagle. Rick, we and almost Paul. had four because if Calvin would have made his putt on eighteen, we could have had four guys at twenty. It was looking like it was trending in that direction. Yeah, and I was freaking out. And because then Ricky, like on the upshot, left a little bit to be desired for his birdie. He was like thirty feet. Yeah, man, he's gonna be kicking himself. 30, 35 feet. <laughs> he had an easy upshot. And Eagle ended up his upshot was what like 20, 20 feet or so. Yeah, it was, so it was a very close. makeable putt. Um. But, you know, with the pressure on the line, you never know what's going to happen. That, I was very curious, like, in that moment, Eagle seemed like he knew where he stood. I know in the past he has said he doesn't look He's, at the scores. He said, he even said, well, I think he said afterwards that he wasn't really looking at the scores, but he kind of asked his caddy or somebody what he needed to do when he was on 18. Okay. I which I say, still find super odd. I mean, clearly it's working for him, so I can't really say anything. But, I was, like, I, I find it very odd because I can guarantee you most players know exactly where they are. When he was approaching the green and after he ended up making the putt, I could tell he knew where he was. It wasn't like before when we've seen Eagle win where he like makes the putt yeah. and like walks up. Like he made the putt and like the emotions hit like that's, I just won. That's kind of an interesting topic because like I understand the argument of like there's definitely an argument made for like it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. Like I'm just going to play against the course and whatever I shoot is what I shoot. But, but there is something to be said for course management and how much that changes based on where you are in the field. Because if you're up by three strokes, like you're going to play safer going into the last well, like, holes. like Paul on hole 18. Right. And if you're, if you're like, if you're down and you know, you need things, you're going to play more aggressive. So like, like if Paul had two strokes on 18 yeah, and he's at that putt, lays up right but right. now knowing i need this birdie <laughs> i just it doesn't wonder, matter what happens i just play. wonder if eagle is truly leaving himself in the blind and that's what's working for him like that's fine but i wonder if one of these days it's gonna like he's gonna do something and we're gonna be like uh eagle you couldn't lay that up you needed to make that putt or eagle you didn't have to run that. i think like, <laughs> i think he doesn't check the live scores i think he is talking with his caddy about like probably to where his caddy might not be like you need to birdie this to win but be like hey you really need a birdie here. I feel like that'd catch me off guard though like i'd be like i'd just be like we're in a chill mode and all of a sudden the caddy's like hey buddy uh you need to get this up and down right now or you're gonna lose <laughs> <laughs> like yeah it's such an interesting thing because like i always love to like know exactly where i stand i do too um but, but i get it though i think it, for me it also is the downfall of me sometimes because yeah. <laughs> i've sometimes like checked live score like eight holes into around like oh dude i got the lead by two yeah and then like <laughs> nosedive into 10th place um but ricky had the putt from like it's like 30 feet it was like 30 feet it was yeah. a very Maybe when a ricky more. stepped up if i was a betting man i would have put a lot of money he was about to make it but he rushed it yeah I, w- I think it was starting to rain and you know raincoat rick he plays fast when it's in the rain but like this moment like i was just shocked to see how fast he stepped up and threw the putt. i saw eagle and ricky look more jittery and nervy that towards the end of that round than I've ever seen guys of that caliber in disc golf yeah. look like the Eagle was airballing putts like the one on especially the one on 17 an uphill like 35 footer I was like this is so going in like he's gonna close it out and just shanked it right and I was like oh wow like yeah they were nervy they were very nervy well you could see Eagle earlier in the round was just wearing his heart on his sleeve like he oh man I'm trying to remember what hole it exactly he was, was but he got furious and like I think he had his whale sack in his hand and just like 
You know Eagles forehand power. He threw a, a perfect form forehand with his whale sack into his grip bag Eagle, and then just disappeared into the woods. Eagles put on a show. Yeah, he literally, I he was throwing his hat. Yeah. He could have got courtesy violated, but at the same time, like, I mean, it's like pretty entertaining to watch. And he wasn't really like. It was making for some fun live disc He golf. wasn't, yeah, it's not, I don't think he was really like d- distracting or hurting anybody else's round. He was kind of just like in his own mind being it was very entertaining for the round but the, he was throwing a t- temper tantrum for yeah. a bit of that round now the other i don't want to like pump up live like live 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 because we did also notice a negative to the live um which not really negative to the live but well, something that yeah. live could improve on um and it was just the need for more cameras on the back nine yeah because we missed we got to we got to see more of paul's push than if we were only watching one card and Calvin's push, but we didn't get to see all of it yeah. or enough of it. It I think. was the first time in a while that I was like desperately needing to see what was happening on the chase car because I was following on UDisc, which is great that we have that. So like every time I would just be waiting in anticipation for it to update and be like, oh my gosh, Paul made another birdie. Like here, here he goes. And him and Calvin were pushing, but like I wanted so badly. And they were showing a lot of the important putts. So props to them for, for getting as many as they could, you know, with what they were working with. But it brings up the i mean and this, and this isn't even like a live versus post produce because post produce like you're missing the whole thing live so like it's not even the same like question yeah, you, well you can just go watch it's, you have to watch the chase card and right card. so it's more but it's like the only reason i cared is because it was happening at In that, that moment, moment. Yeah. like that it was a live issue but it, it's just the fact that the live needs to be able to cover i think they really need to be able to cover lead and chase card or at least be able to like have cameras to where if they feel they need chase card to get covered they can not miss because like i didn't want to miss any of paul and calvin shots yeah and they could have gotten it i mean obviously there are times where they're going to overlap and we're only going to see we're going to miss it's a more shot important here to see the lead the leaders right but i i want to be able to see the important ones so that was kind of torturing me well, i think in that scenario you could almost go like still cover four players but cover paul calvin ricky eagle what well, and also what would well I don't know about that, but what I'd really like to see is them have the ability to go back to things. So, they, they do that. So they they can do that? They can. Okay, they do so it, then they, they do it pretty so they, regularly. So they could, then they could do that. The whole issue, and this is something I have, I have come back to and come back to, and I'll keep coming back to it, is they need to split the FPO and MPO stream. And it's for the benefit of both FPO and MPO because we have the cameras. Yeah. The thing is, MPO front nine has all the cameras on them. Okay. As soon as they get to about the back nine, the important part, (laughs) the cameras have to split off to start covering FPO. And then FPO back nine has all the cameras. But what happens is that back nine of MPO front nine of FPO, you're missing storytelling opportunities for both. Yeah. So for half the round for both FPO and MPO, you're missing storytelling opportunities, you know, because let's say the tables were turned and the back nine of of MPO was just boring. You know, Eagles up by 10, game's over. You got to still show it. But now, let's say it was a page and cat battle for the ages. You got to still show what's going on in MPO. You know what I mean? So now you're going to be missing some of the page and cat battle. But then, you know, in roles reverse, it's coming down the wire. We didn't, I didn't feel like we missed anything in the MPO battle other than the Cal, the chase card. Yeah, it was just a chase but card. But you didn't have that fully dedicated. You had to jump 
and then you know you have to like throw in the commentators have to switch and now they're telling this story versus yeah. this story and it just gets confusing and, and the fpo was super spotty like you were barely seeing any of yeah. it and like i would have liked to watch like page and cat that's an interesting story like i wanted to watch that's that. why i think so the fpo field size right now is still small enough that if you tee them off in the morning like we used to and the lead card will be teen at like nine o'clock or something nine or ten o'clock right you're able to get their entire round in before mpo lead card tees off yeah. so you have all of the cameras all the commentary everyone's focused at 9 a.m on fpo what do you sacrifice for that you sacrifice some of the viewership that's the whole reason they combined it right because they're saying we can get like i think there's like over ten thousand people watching the mpo when it started right mm-hmm. and then you get those ten you you're able to retain more of those people because you already got them captured you're able to retain more so fpo viewership goes up but at what cost that's what i'm always trying to ask yeah we can get the viewership up but what are we losing because now you're missing storytelling opportunities for fpo and storytelling opportunities for mpo because it's not fully dedicated yeah when we switch back yeah the viewership numbers might not be there but now you have the full camera crew on fpo the entire time you get to tell the entire fpo story the commentators that's all they're focused on yeah. maybe you have a different commentating crew Everyone's just focused on that, and the same thing happens for MPO. So now when you're on the back nine, you have those two or three extra cameras. It's really easy to get, you know, you have two cameras on chase card, three cameras on lead card, whatever. I don't remember exactly how many cameras they have. You have all those cameras. So now it's really, and you're only telling one story. So instead of cutting to the FPO coverage, now you're cutting to the chase card coverage. And for FPO on the front, instead of cutting to the MPO coverage, maybe you're cutting to the chase card coverage. Maybe you're using that camera to get a camera on hannah mcbeth or someone in the field as a field reporter which i know she was playing this weekend but you see what i'm saying when you have everyone dedicated and focused on one thing it's going to make that one product a lot better than when halfway through the product you try to split it into two products and then you try to bring it back to one pro- like it's tough yeah there's a reason i understand the reasoning as to why and getting the numbers up is a good reason it, it's valid i don't want to discredit <laughs> that but i think we're sacrificing to get those numbers up and mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a reason that other sports have them as two separate broadcasts and two separate things. Because if you, the people who watch FPO in the morning are FPO fans, yeah. they're going to be there to support the women. You're, the, t- the chat can get very toxic very quick. I'm one of the like foundations, one of the moderators. Yeah. And some of the stuff I have to block, I'm like, I would bet my life you would never say that to someone in person. Yeah. Like, the stuff people comment and talk to the F, it's ridiculous. That stuff, I feel like those people, there's going to be some of them. There always will. A bad person's a bad person. You're not going to just get rid of them off the earth, if only. But the FPO, like people who wake up and are watching dedicated FPO stream, you know, they're going to be a much more entertained by FPO and there to support the women. Yeah. And then the people who are watching the MPO stream are there to support the men. Is that the best solution? I personally think so. Obviously, I think the Pro Tour doesn't. I think that they're willing to sacrifice that storytelling ability and stuff like that so that we can have more viewership. I just think it's the wrong decision. Because I yeah. think this week is where we, the first week in a while that we've really, because it was so exciting coming down the stretch with Chase and Lead Card, that we really saw it affected again. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it's like another thing you can do with more having more cameras. And they try, they try really hard to sneak in the, like if you watch the PGA events, like when the players are walking down 18, like the cameras are just following him and you're seeing every emotion and you're just like, you feel like you're there. Like that's how they build the story and the suspense. And when they're trying to switch between two different coverages, like you don't, they, they try to sneak one in every once in a while, a more artistic kind of like cinematic shot like that, but they just don't have time to. Yeah. I think it's because 
live, like like we said before, live is the secondary way to consume disc golf because post-produce was brought to us first. So right now, live is trying to be post-produced. Live is trying to just show us shot after shot after shot after shot, boom, boom. When the advantage of live is the time. Yeah. Use it to build the story. I saw comments that were like, when I said what you just said about like having a camera on Eagle walking up to the 18th green or having a camera on Paul when he was walking up to that putt. Like people were like, oh, so you just want, you really just, you're you're saying live should just have a camera on someone walking? Like you're an idiot, idiot, idiot. If you haven't watched golf coverage, you don't get what I'm talking about. It's a, it's great. You're, you're sitting there. You're so invested in the moment because this guy's walking up with a chance to either win or he's going to a playoff. The story, like it's happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Having the camera on Eagle's face to see him like thinking through, trying to like figure it out. You like you, it's you like feel like a you're movie. there. Yeah, yeah. It, it builds the story. Yeah. And if that's not what you want, then post produce is great because then you're just going to miss out on the emotion, miss yeah. out on stuff like that, and boom, boom, boom. There's just boom, a lot of people who want shots. that like really fast product of like I'm just going to see every single shot. Like I don't need the filler, but like that's just not. I think it just goes back to this like the product. people that don't like just don't consume sports and don't like the live sports because that's how live sports is like you you are getting invested in live sports that's why we can sit down for hours and watch it because it feels like it lasted 30 minutes because it's yeah. awesome especially news. that back nine yeah I mean that thing was flying it's, by yeah it's it's a it's a whole you just get enamored in it and then like we were also we were were like we're hopping in with the live tweeting people were getting involved with that like that's so super fun too like you get to you're like you get on our discord and the live disc golf chat that was popping off like it's a it's a communal experience like everybody's watching it we're all talking about it it's great and i've seen people say like whenever we talk about live versus post produce because it always somehow continues to come up that we act like live is like the correct way and post produces the wrong way that's not the case I personally, when I talk about disc golf coverage, the main thing I want to talk about is it all coming under one umbrella. Okay. I don't think post-produce is going anywhere, but I think if it was all under one umbrella. Live would be the preferred way for the disc golf network to push. And then post-produce would come out a few days later for like people who don't have the time, who can't watch it. Like those are very valid reasons, but with it all under one umbrella, you can still sell all of the viewership to a sponsor. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Right now, the views, like if you were Nike and you wanted to put money in, where are you picking? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because yeah. are you going to pick Central Coast, Gatekeeper, Jomez, Disc Golf Pro? Like you're going to look at it and you're like, where where are the viewers? The viewers aren't all in one place. Yeah. That's the that's the key. Um, but no, like I think live live disc golf needs to stop acting like post-produced. Because the point of live isn't to just be shot, 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 shot. The point of live is to build the story of the round. Mm-hmm. So that you get, even on like a more boring round, there's a story somewhere. Find the story and build it. So then everyone who's sitting there watching it is on the edge of their seat. Yeah. Because there's a story going on. Yeah. And you're watching something develop. Definitely. And that's where I think splitting the stream is the way to go. Because then you can develop both stories and give them their 100% attention that they need. Yeah. Uh, other F or other MPO storylines before we get into the FPO. Um, Simon Lazat's performance. Yeah, good for him. He uh, going into the final round. He was on lead card, I believe. Uh, I believe he was in second place, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was very, very much in it throughout that that last round until until Kevin started to pull away at that during that shift. He started falling back a bit, but mm-hmm. for a while there, he was within like two of the lead. Yeah, he. I think going into the final day. He had one blemish, and it was a double bogey on hole one during round two, and that was the difference between him being tied for the lead and being in like third place or second place. He was two strokes out, um, which was very impressive because I don't think even Simon expected to be in that position so soon. 
I don't think anyone yeah. did. I mean, obviously, Simon is a very talented player, but with his elbow injury, like he couldn't throw forehands. There were, chan- there were opportunities where it was a like clear forehand upshot. I saw one. And he had to go like backhand mid because yeah. he wasn't throwing a power forehand. He didn't want to risk it. No, yeah. Which is smart. He's focused on getting back to being 100% Simon. What I'm curious is if this, like the force for him to play golf and uh, not have those Simon line temptations, if yeah. that's going to make him a better player to where when he can go Simon lines, if he's realizing like, if I don't, I'm in a chance to win every week. Like well, what? He, are, what he are doesn't gonna... really care about that in the past. But if it has to do with his health, with like help protecting his elbow, that might convince him. I yeah. Well, I, I also like. I feel like winning, and this might just be me. This could very easily be me. Winning gets addictive. So if yeah, he's like maybe. constantly in the chase, where he's only a stroke off, stroke well, off, stroke off. He realizes off. he can be on those lead cards, those feature cards. Yeah. You know? I I think what I saw out of Simon was yeah, like a smoother, safer, smarter version of himself. Like he was just. He was hitting his lines, just throwing really smart shots, and still he still gets that effortless distance. Um, he wasn't overdoing it, and like you just was, yeah, he was hitting fairways. He's great with his putters to throw up shots. Uh, his putt looked pretty solid, and yeah, like Simon is is definitely good enough to compete with the top dogs. I was so enamored by the uh, why is enamored like my favorite word? I've used it like five times. Good word. It is a good word, but I was so focused on the top that I actually I knew like he was in it, but as everyone like started pulling away um already finished like fifth. yeah so i'm gonna look I don't, I don't know where he actually ended up maybe fifth or sixth finishing uh simon's not finishing seventh so he ended up five strokes out of the lead uh, when it was all said and done yeah but i mean that's super impressive for someone this is his second elite series back mm-hmm. um super impressive performance another super impressive performance was brody smith specifically in the final round yeah he was able to shoot an eight down uh, bring himself all the way up to 13th place. I believe he was 100% C1X for the, for the, for the weekend, which I yeah. believe was 33 of 33 putts with 14 of them, he was saying, being outside the X. Yeah. So from 10 to 33 feet, he was 14 for 14. And then, what's that math? Math is hard. Uh, 19 putts. Well, I think he led in park percentage. 19 putts were inside the 10 feet. Yeah. Um. So it's 33 for 33 inside the circle. Very impressive, but to me, this was Brody's one of his first rounds that he fully put together yeah was his final round he also birdied hole one at one point which like nobody was doing <laughs> that was really impressive that yeah. hole was hard yeah i mean and a lot of people did not like that i saw the pro tour posted like he was 100 percent c1x for the weekend yeah and everyone's like oh 100 c1x didn't even crack the top 10 my God, my I'm like, the dude came in 13th place. You are big mad that like, Brody is good. I'm, I'm wondering at like, at what point is like, is like the next step? Like Brody comes in top 10. You're like, oh, pff, pff. he wasn't even on lead card. He wasn't even on lead card. I'm here to tell you, at some point this year, pending he stays healthy and keeps trending upwards, like the dude's gonna challenge for a win. Yeah, he's gonna. And people are, people are. I mean, people I, I, I just can't upset. wait to see what those same people are saying. Like, at what point do they turn? Like, is it like, oh, pff, he came never, in second. man, never. He came in second. You kidding me? He hit 95% of his fairways and only could come in second? What a joke. Like, like at what point does it turn like, oh, well, he only won because, like, at <laughs> what I, point is the turn that, happen? I mean, that's just, that's just, like, how it is for some, like, for any polarizing athlete in their respective sport, you're just going to have those, like, never-changing haters. Like, it's, it's like... It's like your your LeBrons of the world, or for whatever every sport has it, where there's like that player that people are just gonna hate no matter what. Doesn't matter if they are the most dominant in their sport at any given time. It's just how it is. Yeah, I it's just a, it's a really like it's a, the sign that you are 
doing probably the right thing if yeah. you have people like that. I just love watching the like narrative of people who dislike Brody change. Because it used to be like, oh, well, he'll never even be good. Like, he probably won't even cash at Pro Tours. And then yeah. he starts, like, cashing. Like, yeah, well, he's not even coming in top 25. And now he's top 25 in the Pro Tour ranks. He's like, he, didn't, he couldn't even come in top 10. He made all his putts. <laughs> like, it just it gets sillier and sillier to me. Because I'm like, you know how much, like, I would I would do near anything to be a top 15 player well, at a Pro Tour And the Tour thing event. is, too, like, there are so many guys at this point that those same people would consider, like, legit disc golfers that they know and love that he is beating He's week just beating week, week after, yeah, yeah, week after week. He's just, just beating them. Easily, yeah. But it's because it's cause he trains with Paul. That's right. He trained, and... I mean, and, if, I tra- if I ever practiced with Paul, I'd be just as good. Yeah, honestly. Like, if I knew Paul and he could, like, critique my form here and there, I mean, I would be 10-20 rated easily, but... <laughs> You know, adds more sarcasm. I don't feel like he sounded <laughs> sarcastic enough. Well, it's also it's also you got to remember too that he he's a life a lifetime disc athlete. Yeah. So it's I mean let's not let's not act like he's a new player here. <laughs> Anyone who could throw an ultimate frisbee as good as he could could easily be this good at disc golf. Let's remember that. He's a flying disc player. What does it say on the poster? Oh, flying disc champion. Flying, disc, flying champion. disc champion. Yeah. Let's not disc let's not forget about that. Yeah. If I mean let's 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 make sure we remember that when we tell the Brody narrative. That, you know, everything he's ever done in life is discredited. Uh, on the FPO side, <laughs> FPO side, Paige Pierce. Paige is back. She's been back. That's the narrative. We're making t-shirts. Paige is back. <laughs> Paige is back. She won by three. Katrina Allen came in second. Um, and then we had Ella Hansen and Haley King tie for second. So I see two main storylines here. Or tie for third, sorry. We do, we do Paige is back with like the Hawaiian theme. Oh, like the flower but behind get it. Get Paige in the horn right now. <laughs> if, if her sponsors just heard that, you can you are not allowed to make that. That is my intellectual property. I don't think it is. It is. I, I it mean, is now. Is I just word, said it. Is the word Paige copyrighted? If that if that shirt surfaces somewhere, I will go to small claims court. <laughs> you will be hearing from me. That's something that like um like uh like Barstool would do. Where like like they just made Brooksy shirts, yeah. Like you I think Brooke, Brooks Kepka's getting a uh, cut from that, no. or or Bryson because everyone calls Bryson Bro- Brooksy because he did, they, nobody has rights to the name Brooksy. That's what I'm saying. No one has rights to the name Paige. Let's make Paige's back shirts. Yeah, you know no. we get slammed. We get for that. everyone would hate us. Yeah, we're not disc golf's not there yet. Something about turn to page. Like turn that. the page. Turn the page. Yeah. Oh, we're on to something. That's, that's like middle of that's not the complete product, but that you know that's getting there. The page has been turned. It's P A I G E, and it's like, like has a fake lay on the shirt. <laughs> That's funny. Page has been turned. Uh, regardless, page is back. I mean, she's she she is who page we thought back. she was. It's just two words. Page back. Page back. <laughs> Turn the page back. <laughs> What's like the top button in Google Chrome? Like, Tab. No, when like the back arrow. It's just the back arrow. But like you go back a page. I feel like there's got to be something there. Page back. <laughs> hover over it hover over it does it just say pay- back page page, page back, back. <laughs> click to go back hold to see history and the guy there's the shirt click to go back <laughs> hold to see history um so page being dominant again i mean it's great so whatever great. happened in hawaii she was able to reset and get back she climbed to the top of some volcano and and found the secret stuff <laughs> yeah she got her she got her she got her powers back uh the other story is ella hansen yeah, she has been she's playing pretty well. Week after week after week, she has been coming up and you know hanging she crushes, around. There. She crushes her forehand is insane, and her backhand. Yeah, Clay, Paige said that she thinks she could throw like four fifty backhand, which makes sense why at a golf course we see her pretty high up there. Yeah, no, she's, she's just she throws far. She's smashing. She's good. 
Yeah. So that's definitely, I think she said she's planning on kind of like going to as many tour events as she can this year as like a tester. So I would assume with how good she's playing that she's going to be fully on tour next year. Um, But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. On the FBO, like the field is still young enough that if you're at her level to where you're like top five consistently, like you can do pretty well. You can cash pretty well. So I would see, I think she'll tour next year. Yeah, so I wanted to, I meant to write these in, and I didn't, so I'm going to have to be super unprofessional and go on my phone here. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I want to look at the people who qualified for USDGC and Throw Pink Women's on the follow-up. Oh, yeah. Um, on the follow-up, we said that that wasn't happening. Bunch of idiots. I don't understand. Because it wasn't there. It wasn't we were both looking at it. We were both looking at it. I'm telling you, and they weren't there. UDISC was in the follow-up at 8 a.m. on Sunday and was like, oh, shoot, we forgot that. Like, add that in. And then they, back, they did. Um, the I way. need to figure out how to get back to the Portland Open. It should be if Portland Open. Here we schedule. go. All right. So looks like we've got Austin Hannum was able to qualify. Yeah. What a what a weird event that came out of nowhere because he's been yeah he bad came in sixth place this year and then he kind of just played really well. Yeah. Good. Maybe for him. this is a turn of the tide for Austin Hannum. I like him, so let's hope it is. Uh, Simon Lazat was able to qualify. Good for him. Big time for him. Yeah. Uh, get that qualification out, all the pressure off him. We had Luke Humphreys. He came in 10th. Wow, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Good for him as well. Nice. Uh, Thomas Gilbert. Nice. I'm surprised he wasn't already qualified. Yeah. Um, And then we had, wow, there's a lot of people that were already qualified. Joel Freeman. I think he was the last one. He was the last one, yep, because the next guy down did not qualify. Good and then there's also something interesting. This, this will help us transition. Let me look at the Throw Pink Women's before I oh, say yeah. that. Uh, on FPO, the Throw Pink women's spots, it looks like they went to, man, again, there's a lot of people, Valerie Mandahano and Madison Walker. Um, so, the Throw nice. Pink women's, it pushed down to 8th and ninth place. So, you know, a lot of the really good women are already getting qualified. The top tier, Paige, Cats, they're already qualified. So, um, we're starting to see where if you come in the top 10, there's a chance of you qualifying now. Um, but there's one player on here. To my Albert. On MPO. Yeah, I want to see where, where did he finish. you remember? 28th. 28 there he is albert tam so albert tam is back he was in he played in the portland open um and he was usdgc qualified for a 2019 top 10 so it seems like the players who qualified but couldn't make it over because of covid they allowed their usdgc spot to roll over makes sense which i was not aware of that i'm glad they did that so we will see albert tam there but it got me thinking like what other europeans are going to be at worlds because albert right. tam's here now uh we got confirmation that Chris and Tatar and Silver Lot are currently in Croatia and will be attending World. So I don't know if like traveling to Croatia and current quarantining there like allows them to meet whatever guidelines allows them in the US. Yeah. I still don't know the full specs of what is and isn't allowed to happen. Um but Chris and Tatar, that's a pretty big story. Silver Lot, um he's a good MPO player. I don't really think he'll push for the championship no. for a world. Same with Albert Tam, but it is good to have them back. They they could one of them could push onto like a lead card or chase card and get on some coverage. Sure. Kristen Tatar, on the other hand, it's been She's a while since good. we've seen her. She is a former US women's champion. Um, there is a chance that that could mix things up in the FPO a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, she's definitely, I would say, a top five. Um, I was not able to find anything about Evelina and Henna because I, I think know. those two are the two that if they were over here, I really want to see where they stack up against Paige. Yeah. And Cat. Same. same. I think they're, they're the two that could take this two-horse race a lot of weekends and turn into a four-horse race. Absolutely. To where the FPO would get really exciting. Um, we're getting but, really close. I'm, I'm excited for them to be able to get back to the events. Yeah, but I haven't been able to find anything saying whether they are or are not coming to Worlds. 
I really hope they're able to make it work somehow. Throw, throw Pink is in October, is it? Is yes. It? Okay, same so as hopefully at least by then they, they're well, able to. Well, they'll have to. to get a spot. That's a true. That's true. Well, maybe they have the same kind of exemption because of like Albert Tam. The event didn't happen in 2019. Throw Pink Women. Oh, that's true. It's that was a new, a new event for 2020. Man, I, I mean, if I were Innova, I would. Just it is Innova's them, event. I would give them sponsors exemption. Both Innova sponsors. Yeah, just give them sponsor exemption. I mean, if they were over here, they would qualify. Yeah, they're very. They're the two of the top FPO players in the world. Yeah, and it's just tough to know where do they stack. That's what I want to see. I want to see them against the field and know, like. Are they up there with Paige and Cat week in and week out? Yeah. Or what's going on with that? So I'm really hoping they make it. Haven't been able to find anything else about them or really any other, uh, even MPO players. Uh, I've only been able to find Albert Tam. He's already here. Chris Nadatar and Silver Lot, they're coming. And nothing on any other Europeans. So I'm hoping more of them will be at Worlds because that gives me a lot more confidence in Worlds happening. I know it's happening, but like it makes me feel better about it yeah. if the world can actually be here and it's not just U.S. players. Um, it's unfortunate that European Open was canceled. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, it kind of sucks. We're only going to see two majors this year, but at least it's Worlds and USDGC. It's a bummer that we only have two majors. That's just not enough. Yeah. Well, why don't we had a match play championship in? What tournament was it? I think it was last year where Albert Tam made the putt and then the, the bazooka. That was two years ago. That was two years was ago. Was that European Open? It was something I in. So. I think it was. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I mean, that's what made him like, it was on Jomez. I don't want to yeah. say made him famous, but in the disc golf world, like that's what he's known for, mm-hmm. Mr. Bazooka. Yeah. We should write a song about that. I just remember. There's watching another that shirt, happen. Mr. Bazooka. Page is back, Mr. Bazooka. The shirt <laughs> ideas are just it's, the, oh, right now. Page is back, and it should be a picture of her throwing a deputy into a volcano. Did you say a deputy? Yeah, because she's throwing the deputy oh, into, the volcano, into the volcano, and then a fierce rises. <laughs> <laughs> like funny. a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i thought she just made a blunder i was like she doesn't she hasn't played with them in a while connor come on now uh another thing we got to look at as we're getting closer and closer to worlds is the injuries they're starting starting to get a little bit more storylines coming around the injuries yeah first one we have drew gibson he has uh something with his ankle slash fibula mm-hmm. um now do you have enough medical knowledge to know what a fibula is if I'm, I'm, I'm. It's in your leg. Yeah. As far as I know, I well, would imagine it's near your ankle. Based on he doesn't know what this fi- is. I, is it the one that's, um, like in the front? Is that the tibula? Tibula and the fibula are next to each other. Yeah. I. You know what? Google. I'm assuming. I feel like the fibula. They didn't teach me this in our school. This, is the the bigger one, right? The fibula or calf bone is a leg bone on the lateral side oh, so of the it tibia. Is the, it is the side one. The tibia. So it's the, the side tibia, one. It's yeah. not the bigger one. The tibia so it's the, is it's the, it's the outer. One. It looks like the outer one that goes down to your ankle. Okay, that makes more sense. So he's having some type of pain, discomfort. Uh, uh, he said he's going to be knocked out for at least two weeks, which would put his earliest return at the World Championship. That's probably his goal. Uh, that is probably his goal, but um, I mean, that is definitely something. already playing through pain, so I would be pretty shocked if he didn't at least give it a go at Worlds. Yeah, so that is definitely something to keep an eye on. We also had Anthony Barella. I wasn't able to find much information on this. There is cast. some type of injury to his hand or wrist. Um, I heard on the Nick and Matt show that it was from hitting a tree. But again, yeah. I couldn't find that anywhere. So I don't want to spread that rumor that he like hit a tree somehow. But um, something happened where he's in a cast, unable to see when his return is going to be. Uh, so he might be out at Worlds. I hope not. We have Yuli with some type of rib injury. Um, I believe he will be fine for Worlds. It seemed like it was just some discomfort. And again, I think for Worlds you'll just play through it yeah um 
Unless it's super serious. In his post, it didn't seem like it was a super, super serious well, injury. Well, it's more like if, if it's something where you can hurt it worse or if it's just going to be painful. Yeah, know? for sure. We also had Brody Smith uh, with a knee injury. He went for an MRI, and it was basically like a bunch of fluid in his knee. Bursitis. Bursitis. So it's super painful, but nothing serious. No. Um, it's just going to take some rest. Again, I would imagine he'll be back by Worlds, taking yeah, two weeks off. He, sure. said, he posted yesterday and said he was throwing... Uh, with like nothing more than 250 feet, but it felt okay. Uh, he said the only time he really noticed pain was when he'd go down on his putt. Cause it is his left knee, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not his plant knees when he's that's, throwing; it doesn't hurt. That's a lot better. But his putt when he goes down and up, it was hurting. Another injury on the FPO side is Sarah Hokum. It's been over a She's month been out, yeah. since we have seen her. And I scrolled back and found what she was saying. She said it's a pinched nerve in her elbow that was causing numbness and tingling in her fingers. Basically, she couldn't even like feel that she was gripping the disc that stinks so she finished out ddo and then we haven't seen her in a month there is no way to tell when she's coming back um so that could be a big story if she misses worlds um because obviously she's a player that when the stars align she's up there uh, pushing for the win so um definitely some injuries to keep a look at people are getting you know i think people always say like no one's ever 100 percent as you get late in the season yeah uh, everyone's got a little something something going on obviously we also have simon's elbow he's back now um but again he's not like 100 percent simon so that's another thing just to keep an eye on uh, but players are pretty banged up coming into worlds um we don't hear of anything with like ricky paul calvin eagle as of right now so it's looking like the top four who we're most likely going to win anyways they're coming in pretty healthy um but we'll definitely have to see but it's time for the fan favorite segment Trevor's trivia. What do you got for me? I uh, just got a quick question today. Nothing too crazy, but I thought it's a, it might be a little bit require a little bit of thought. Um, so the question is: Only one player outside of the top five in the Pro Tour standings, MPO, has a Pro Tour win this season, including Silver Series events. Who is that player? One player outside the top five. The top five has taken all of the rest of the wins. What is the Silver Series? Was Mid-America a Silver Series? Because it's whoever won that. Mid-America, I think, was a Silver Series. And that was Sir Kyle Klein. There you go. Correct. How did you come to the conclusion it was Mid-America because everybody wasn't there? Is that why? No, I just remember a weird person won it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. And plus, Silver Series is like a fourth of the points. If you won, I feel like if you won and you played every Pro Tour event, you're in the top five. Yeah, I mean, he's he's 10th in the standings. So everybody else, because the other, obviously the other ones would be Paul, Ricky, Eagle, Calvin. And is Calvin won a Pro Tour? Nico. Or was it Paul, Ricky, Eagle, Nico? Nico. Has Paul won a Pro Tour? Maybe. Paul won Memorial. I think he won a National Tour. I don't think he's won a Pro Tour this year. Well, that wasn't the question. Was one player outside of the top five? Those guys are all in the top five. I'm saying. So, oh yeah, so yeah. I outside. thought you were saying players who had won the pro tours so far this year. No, no, no. But oh. that between anybody, people in the top five have won all of them, other than Calvin. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 All right, sweet. So let's transition into a little bit of a, a topic that I've thought about bringing up a few different times, but I don't know. I can't figure out what exactly is going on, but it just doesn't add up. So I want to bring it up and see if anyone else knows that is disc mania because with simon back performing well and eagle on top of the world right now their production issues i think are being pushed to the forefront if you don't know disc mania doesn't make their own discs uh in the past everything was made by innova 
Recently, we saw a shift to where Latitude is now making their Evolution line, and they're working with a manufacturer in China, I believe it's Yikun Disc, to make their Active Line stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which, first off, their Evolution and Active Line stuff is feels pretty freaking great. Yeah, so especially their, their Evolution bad. line stuff, the method and the origin, those two Tactic. mids, they feel great. Uh, the tactic, yeah. There, there's a lot of great discs in that line. Sure. Issue is, that's not what got them here. No. The yeah. originals is what got them here. So when they're all three working together, it's awesome. You have a sick, yeah. wide variety of plastics, weight, all that. But originals what everyone knows and loves those about Discmania. And those are the staples in the pros bag. Yeah, the P2s, MD3s, PD2s, PDs, FD3s. Like, yeah. They're molds that, you know, everyone, anyone who's thrown a Discmania original that I know of loves them. But they're all made by Innova. And they haven't been made regularly in a while. I think the only ones that have been made this year to this point are some DD3s and some MD3s. And that was a one run. It's a long time ago. And too. they were like a month month or two ago. Um, the evolution and active line stuff being cranked out. But it's just... And people are buying it up. People love it. But it's not what... It's not what people like when you hear Discmania think of. Right. That's a lot newer. So new players into the game, that's probably what they think of. But... I've started to notice that originals are being phased out of players' bags a little bit more. It's probably just trying to push what's available. Mm-hmm. But I've also noticed that some of the like signature discs that have always been on originals are now switching to evolution line and stuff like that. Yep. And I just think it's a very interesting because there's something going on. Because Innova's production, it's not 100%. No one's production is 100% still. Innova's production, production's up there. Yeah. Another thing is infinite disc is getting restocks of their original molds right and Innova, um, makes, and Innova makes those right so they're getting their putters in they've had some driver restocks stuff like that you would think disc mania is i would imagine sales wise of their original disc versus infinite disc disc mania is bigger yeah so you would think production wise Innova would be prioritizing them yeah. but for some reason it oh, doesn't especially seem like now it. when the demand is so high like Innova, if Innova wanted to make disc mania they would do it because that's what i'm saying the demand is through the roof right now so that's where it's a i don't know exactly they haven't been they've been open about like they're trying to get originals ran they're gonna they have us they have people on the facebook pages like voting as to you know which molds should we run blah 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 but something's going on clearly because like it's such an easy moneymaker for Innova and Discmania to run originals. If you ran P2s right now, yeah. I mean, they'd be the hottest disc on the market yeah. by a long shot. It's got to be a rift somewhere. So there's something. I I mean, the only thing that I could think of is like when Discmania split off and started get, making discs with leg with uh, not Legacy Latitude and Yikun that it like caused some type of divide. Another issue is like because I've said before originally this when I wasn't thinking about it, I'm like why don't they just take the PD2 and get it made in like their neoplastic and stuff like that? That'd be yeah. sick. But I'm like well. Obviously, they can't do that because all of their original molds are like combinations or modifications on Innova molds. Right. So, Innova... Innova owns them. Innova, like, owns at least a part of, like, the PD2 mold, the PD mold. A lot of these molds, Innova owns at least a part of. So, like, Discmania can't just take those molds and be like, okay, we're going to take these and move them over here. So... What I'm looking at is, like, where do they go from here? Because they have two of the top players in the world. Those players... And probably, like, definitely two of the top names in the sport. Those players deserve big contracts, right? Mm -hmm. To get those big contracts, I feel like Discmania needs to have the revenue from their original line. I'm sure they're doing fine with their evolution line and stuff. But, like, if you go online, I've seen a number of people that are switching to Discraft, switching to Prodigy, to Innova, because they're like, my whole bag was originals. I can't find any of it now. I don't want to pay $35 for MD3. 
I've got to just find something else. The buzz well, is kind of similar. I've even heard speculation that some of the infinite molds are like retoolings of those the some of the really? originals. Yeah, I heard from one of the local guys that he was he knew people that were and he was like looking into the infinite molds because he heard that uh, there were some that were like suspiciously similar. Interesting. Which is like, I think it was one of the, especially there was like a one that was like just like a DD3. Yeah. Um, which a DD3 that, is a destroyer. Right. But that would be absolutely scandalous if, if Inaba was making infinite discs with the originals mold. Like, I don't, I don't think that's going down. That's speculation, but like that would be scandalous. <laughs> like, oh, there's definitely something happening. I yeah. think you can't be looking at it this far in. There's like, definitely a rift in that relationship. Yeah, because when, when COVID hit and production stopped, like obviously Innova's going to get their production back up before they get anyone else's production up. That makes perfect in sense. In my mind, if you are Innova, there is one very clear and obvious move to make, and that is that you buy out Discmania. You buy them out. So now you have two, two options. You either, and I think option one is probably the safer option, but maybe not the best for your brand. But the safer option is you just keep the Discmania name, you keep making the originals, and you keep on Simon and Eagle as Discmania players, but they're under the Innova umbrella. That's option number one. Option number two is you buy them out, you remake, you retool the originals molds, um, under just different Innova names, but make it very clear as to what they are so that people know. And then Eagle and Simon become Innova-sponsored players. Humongous boost to the Innova brand when they are in desperate need of talent because I've heard that Calvin is leaving, which leaves them with essentially no star talent, uh, at least on Ricky. the... Well, other than Ricky, rather, on the on the MPO side. But I add, still would be surprised if Calvin actually left. I've heard the rumors. In any case, they, the addition of Simon and Eagle to any yes, team is yes. huge. The question is... Could they afford them, eh? The question is, yeah, could they afford them? I suspect they probably could, especially if they have so much leverage like they appear to have on Discmania. Um, but the other thing is, what is the structure with those originals molds? Now we That's the question. The question is, if they were to buy out Discmania... Now, I guess if they buy out Discmania, there's really probably there's no, no situation... Question, yeah as to whether to get those molds, unless there's some kind of structure. I don't know what kind of agreement went down with the molds to where if, if disc may, like if this many were to just go under and nobody buys them out, uh, the molds, the molds may be like unusable based on their agreement. But if they buy them out, I, I mean, I if think you buy them out, you buy, I think the if they the can agreement. afford it. You got to buy them out because getting well, the, Simon and Eagle plus those molds would be huge for Annabelle. The other question is, does Discmania own the method mold, the instinct, all those molds, they uh, well, those, or, those, or those molds aren't nearly as important. They're not super. The method's prevalent. pretty freaking. They're. Sick. I'm not saying they're not good molds, but they're not cemented in disc golf like no, the other ones. But are. you could definitely bring some of the like top tier ones over if in that scenario, because yeah. the other option I think is Discmania. If if I'm Discmania, I don't want to be bought out. No, you don't want to. I'm probably what I'm probably doing is you know what these molds are like. You know what a PD2 and everything's like. I am just pulling strings with Innova. I'm just I'm just getting out of the contract however I can because they're not making product. So I'm just yeah. saying, you know what? We're making an announcement. The original lines is done. We're going to be... Re and before, like before I do that, I'm designing as close as I can to an MD3, a P2, 
a PD2, a PD, all of that with my evolution line. I'm yeah. saying the original lines is done, introducing the The problem is blank the, line. The, the cost of that is crazy. But they are What's popping the cost up, of going under? They, I mean, it, that is already kind of what they're doing because, I mean, they're coming out with new molds in the evolution. But they're not, they're not the MD3. The, they're, they're not overlapping with them yet is what I'm saying. I mean, maybe they're trying to. I mean, what, the maybe, me- maybe the behind method, the scenes. The method has to f- fall somewhere in there. Well, it's beaded. The MD3 is True. not beaded. True, They're yeah. only beadless mid in the, is the I, origin. And that's it way does too seem like they're just trying to slowly separate themselves and exist on their own, but it's going to be tough. Well, and the it, tough part is like, let's just say that this, and the, obviously there's no, only people who know this the behind the scenes stuff is people at Discmania, but let's just say like the evolution line, they're in a similar situation in contracts as they are with the original line. Then, like, what's to say this doesn't happen again? Yeah. The whole issue is they're not making their own discs. It's such a tough spot as a company. And obviously, there's a lot of disc golf companies that are like this. You know, your DGAs, your Dynamics, um, and Discmania, like we've mentioned, where they're not making their own discs, so you don't control your own destiny. Well, and- Dynamic, at least, is like Latitude's American branch. Like, they're yeah. very tied. Dynamic yeah. is not going to randomly start getting Innova to make some of their discs. You're, yeah. I think that's the big split. Because when Discmania was clearly Innova's, like, European line... Right, yeah. There when was no issues. started, yeah. Because that's, that's another thing, is all Innova players aren't throwing Discmania anymore. Yeah. It, Back in the day, you had Sexton putting with P2s. Paul had an FD3 in his bag. Yeah, it, it might have been a, it might have been a case of Dismania wanting to like pull away from Innova and Innova being like, uh, "Do you forget? Like, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like, we are the ones with your molds and who make your discs, and maybe that's what caused it." But in any case, I think if Innova and Innova may have already offered, but if this is probably when Discmania is maybe at its most vulnerable, like, man, buy them out. Well, buy I think the out. tough part is if they were to straight up cancel the original line. Like, let's say the buyout didn't happen which there's no reason to think it is. If they were to somehow like just announce the original lines is done, would that hurt the company so much that they can't afford Simon and Eagle? I just have a hard time seeing yeah. how they're able to continuously afford Simon and Eagle without well, it's, their key it, It's as simple as, I don't know if Simon's contract hasn't expired yet, but like Eagle getting re-signed, like he's not getting paid as much as he would with other companies. He's got loyalty, which I respect. I respect having loyalty to the company that gave you your start. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And he's trying to keep them afloat by being with them. If they lose Eagle and or Simon, they're done. Sorry, but it, like that's going to be a bad day. Eagle and Simon are arguably the two of probably like the two, two in the top five of most valuable guys to have on your team right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Because they are, they are very marketable and very talented. So like it, you, and their media presence is, is excellent, especially Simon. I mean, there, there's no telling what some companies with the resources like a discraft could do with players like that so like it's they're being they're definitely not getting the kind of disc sales and revenue and exposure that they, they could get if they were with other companies so yeah it's well, it's gonna get it, very interesting rough situation is if eagle wins worlds this year yeah because his value just skyrockets yeah. because now or simon wins worlds or simon wins worlds. <laughs> yeah either one of them i think eagles obviously the front runner in that but yeah. if either one of them win world there's their value skyrockets and then obviously they need their name on a disc consistently and like if eagle could pick he'd probably pick the pd2 or something like that yeah. but right now he can't because like we haven't seen pd2s and i don't know when some real interesting yeah. situation i mean i it sucks because 
I am a huge fan of Discmania original molds. Yeah, they're great. Their discs. new stuff feels good. None of it's made my bag. Um, MD3 is like my all-time favorite mid. The PD, I always switch between they, PD they and Thunderbirds. They didn't have really bad molds. Like no, all they, of them were every so single sick. one of them. I never threw an original mold that I was like, okay, well, that sucks. Yeah, never stuff. once. The, even their flippiest stuff, like the TD2s and stuff, the CD2s. Yeah. They're every single mold because it doesn't was a banger. It doesn't really have much to do with the plastic. The plastic, even the new like the evolution plastic, it's good. Yeah, it's good plastic. It's it's more so to do with just like literally just the molds were that good. Oh yeah, the MD three was just like a, a beadless rock three. It's good stuff. Like, I just loved it. I don't know. Do you think if um if Eagle wins worlds, then uh, Innova is going to be more motivated to come back out with those originals just because they know that they'll have if they put eagle's name on there they might get more new players back it depends to it depends on what their goal is if their yeah. goal is like trevor saying to buy them out they're not making an original I, mold well, ever i think mm-hmm. yeah the demand is so high already i think there's a lot of pride involved between these two companies right now to where if this mania was offered to be bought out be like no we're not taking a buyout from you and innova even though they know they can make a ton off of original molds is like no we're not making your discs because you're not doing what we want like i think there's a lot of pride there involved. was some somewhere along the line there was a contract signed that someone didn't think of the possibilities yeah that's all that makes sense because there should have been like production minimums in the contract and stuff like that to where this type of thing can't happen but like either someone broke a contract, like maybe Discmania was under contract that only Innova was allowed to make their disc that's, and they broke yeah, it. That's the thing too. There's or so like, much stuff that goes down and yet we've we've never really like seen a prominent disc golf lawsuit, at least that's gone to court and we've all heard about. Like so like there I've, man, that'll happen one of these days. There is there's just I don't I cannot put my finger on it. Something's going down behind the scenes and I'm very, very curious because, like you yeah. said, they have two of the biggest assets in the if, sport. If you're listening Eagle. and you're a source from Innova or Discmania, you should message us. You're probably messaging like, how dare you? <laughs> Idiots. Everything you said's wrong. Then correct us. Hey, maybe. Correct you us. know what? I hope that I am absolutely wrong and that next week we get the shipment for the ages of original molds. Nah, I mean, I like drama. Your mic's yeah. not on back there, Connor. <laughs> Connor's just looking I miss, at us. I, miss, I used to throw FDs all the time, and I loved oh, the, the FD. What it's a great disc. such a great disc. I used to put I still have two CD2s MD4. at home. They're both Danavici. Uh, you sell CD, them and like, retire. Series CD2s. <laughs> yeah. um, that, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I just sold a, those I awesome. sold, like, it wasn't a stock run. It was a Color Glow FD3 that I had used. It was in my bag for almost a year. It was pretty beat up. Had my name on the rim, like, so much devaluing it. Threw it up on the Dismania collector page for $55 someone paid me. Man, that makes me that wish thing. that I had bought every original mold I saw I like, know, man. a little bit ago. And yeah. I don't even know where what my original is. What sucks is I've got every MD3 I own right now is in my bag. So as I get beat up, like this might be it. I might have to find another mid. It's crazy, man. Yeah, the Discmania collector's market is wilding right now. Yeah, yeah. This stuff's expand. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home after work and see all the. If any you got dis- new because I haven't thought about any of the Dismania stuff that I have. I have some old stuff. Yeah, if you're not like familiar with the collectors market and you're just kind of like sitting on Dismania stuff because you got into the sport and you somehow got your hands on it, like you might want to check that out. You little extra money. You want to go on vacation? That's the problem. Is that they're in my never sell bag, the bag that I care mm. about, and so. Yeah, it'd be hard. I mean, at this point, the you way things are trending. See what you get here's it. the yeah, thing, though, Connor. Yeah. The way things are trending right now, I would say it's unlikely we ever see originals again. Yeah, so I kind of would rather. Just I would hold on to them, them. That's because true. the value. That's in why my I held on to those CD, those CD2s, the Danavici CD2s. I thought they were so cool. Yeah, and so I still, I just like. I them. think the value of them continues to go up. That's true. It's, yeah. 
Discmania is a hold right now. <laughs> <laughs> I would even argue it could be a buy and hold right now because I think the value is still going up. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting Why situation. Why don't we buy out? We are not media. financial no. advisors. <laughs> no, yeah, we're not. <laughs> it's not financial advice. Um, Let's start treating disc golf like the stock market. <laughs> we did that for like a Trevor Trivia, didn't we? That would for be something. A, we had some type of game. Oh, uh, like buy, sell, or hold. That was like brands. Yeah, we're talking brands. About. But like there, that'd be an interesting way to like, it's like uh, with like tra- the whole trading cards thing. Like there's like discs that are like probably the same way, like. Yeah, everyone in disc golf hates it, but like that's just the collection it's market. It's fun. Yeah, if you're in it, if you're in it, it's fun. I don't even use do it, but like I think it's cool. I think I buy stuff own. to collect, but like I can't flip because like if I post on a flipping page, you just got to do it under like, a fake name so that everyone you don't, knows. There's no there's no bias. I would. I'm not the type of person that would buy and flip. Like I buy and I hold my discs, but I've got some discs from like Enova back in the day when like Paul would win a world or something. They'd release like a commemorative disc. Like I was all over that stuff, and I just kept it in the bag. They just sit on my that's shelf. Fun. Yeah, I could pay next month's mortgage. Well, that's Easy. like uh, James Proctor. Mm-hmm. His first name is James, right? Yeah, James Proctor. Uh, the interview with him on the Nick and Matt show, he ha- he said that all the like rare stuff that he buys is he never collects it. it he everything he has is a thrower. Jeez, so he yeah, doesn't I do it. He doesn't have I a single disc. That. He doesn't have a single disc that he wouldn't throw. I think it's kind so of he, fun to he, like do that sometimes. Yeah, and everybody's like looking at you like you're like, crazy, you and you're like, yeah. I don't even but it's care. That's like a guy in Roanoke. <laughs> he's got one of those like uh, circle rocks, like the old old yeah. KC. Like oh, I've seen people throw the chain nine AVRs. time or something mm-hmm. rock, and he just throws it all over everyone. It's like uh, Jay Jay Redding used to throw like that super rare USDGC rock that like was like incredibly USDGC rare. USDGC rock used to be a hot that commodity. That used to be so dangerous because they will shatter. Yeah. Because I literally had two in my his bag. Was like one a, cracked. His was like a special. Like crayons, his was like a man. special blend, yeah. though. His was like a, it wasn't okay. like KC. That used to be like the thing, like within the bags. Like everybody had their KC rocks, and then their overstable one was always a USDGC rock. And so I always wanted one so bad, but they're so expensive. I got a USDGC Champ rock. Yeah, in like yeah, twenty fifteen. That's, that's what they would throw. Or that some people would have the. But, but, but around twenty fifteen, wasn't I think it, Innova knew what they had and they started overmaking them. Yeah, wasn't it where like they the, did? They weren't collectible. The 04 mm-hmm. was like the like color glow looking one, like the special blend. Like Maybe. 04. I, there was one year that was like yeah. really rare. I, I always just, just did exactly what Paul did. I had four McPro Rock threes. Well, I had one McPro Rock three. The rest were flat top KCs, which is the same thing. And then I had a Champ. Rock three, and then I had a metal flick. See, that's what everyone says. That's exactly so what Paul cool, did. Man. Everyone says that Paul killed Innova's collector market because before Paul, everyone was throwing the like old KC stuff. Mm-hmm. The that's that's what T-Bird. all the guys were throwing. Everyone yeah. was throwing the super rare stuff, so everyone wanted the super rare stuff. And then yeah. Paul comes along and's like, "No, I'm gonna throw the Thunderbird, the Crate, yeah, the Rock three, like all this new stuff." So <laughs> everyone like my generation everyone just wanted rock threes which mm-hmm. is like two time rocks rock threes and yeah, stuff like that that's worth something yeah the ce prices are not like what they yeah used but to be. he killed the ce market because he just didn't put any in his bag because he was like that's all old stuff like when i win worlds i can put my name on thunderbird like yeah smart man you it's can't true. put your name on something and then you, you have that video of him acing at texas like on, on in every video yeah like i feel like in every uh like that was like innova's main with um, the thunderbird you're talking about yeah. Yeah. Up the hill. Was that was that Vegas? That was Vegas. Vegas. Oh, was that Vegas? Yeah, it was Texas. Okay. And he like high fived everyone on the way up. Yeah. That weird. was that, like, that main... was a big moment too. Cause I put him, that, I watched that live. <laughs> that put him back in the tournament. That was hype. That's like all the end of the advertisement that was played during any tournament was always that video. Yeah. 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 
All right, as we head into the Resistance Discs Open, it's a Silver Series coming up this weekend. Uh, one thing that's interesting is there's like a split field between it and the Utah it's Open. It's very split field. Um, because the Utah Open is an A-tier, but it's just Worlds. It's pre-Worlds. It's literally, they're playing the same course as the Worlds. I think this is incredibly dumb. I'm just going to say it. Like, why on earth would you host an event before worlds it's the same courses like we're it's, it's like a little a pre-run it takes it takes away like the suspense pre-game. though like i understand like like obviously yeah these guys are all gonna be able to practice beforehand but like i don't like there's gonna be probably coverage like it's like it's like watching them play worlds before worlds happens i don't i don't like it i, I don't see where you're coming from i don't like that at all well with the resistance disc the field is the mpo field's pretty good fpo field None of the top tier touring pros are there. They're all in Utah. They're all Utah. Yeah. MPO, some of the top tier touring pros are there. Excuse me. My predictions for this. Um, I think Calvin Heinberg's gonna take it down. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put a sneaky Adam Hammers in second. Yeah. And the local boy, he was in my top ten preseason. He's not there anymore. Scott Withers. Mm-hmm. I've got him coming in third. Yeah. I think, I think this is the type of event he's really gonna perform well at. I'm just about the same. I have no. Calvin winning, Withers second, Hammers third. Oh. Look at us. Withers had a really good weekend this, this past uh, event in Portland, and that was a course that hadn't like he wouldn't have local knowledge of. This course is like installed, like it's a, a course that yeah, he, yeah. there's a better chance he has local knowledge of this course. So yeah, I, I have him in second. FPO, I'm gonna just predict the winner because yeah, I didn't really I mean, know much like, of the field. I don't really know the field. The entire FPO field is at the Utah Open. So Utah Open will predict top three for them. But yeah. for FPO, I, I think Dan Carey is going to take this down. I'll just agree with you with that because okay. there's not much to say about the field. There's like seven of them, and they're not the main field. No, yeah. Dan Carey is a touring pro, I believe, at least. Um, her and her husband, AJ. Uh, actually, pl- we played with them in college. Yeah, um, I definitely know her. Yeah, I think she's going to take it down. Uh, she is, I believe, the highest rated player in the field there. Uh, and then we are going to do the Dark Horse pick for the Resistance Disc Open because it's a Silver Series over the Utah Open. So, um Trevor, we'll start with you. Who's your dark horse pick this I've week? I've got D.W. Hawes, uh, 989 rated. He came 57th in the Portland Open. He was one of the better performing guys in the Portland Open under 1,000 rated. So I was like, all right, sounds like a solid pick. Well, I picked one that performed better at the Portland Open, cool. Mr. Tristan Tanner. He had an injury, so like... You don't pick recognizable names. That's like the downfall of this entire thing. Well, he he's below a thousand rated. What, what are I'm you just do? saying I've done that. I've done that, and it never works. Nah, you got to pick somebody Tanner, you've never he heard 37th of. Thirty seventh, the Portland Open. I think he's just happy to be back out there. You know what I mean? We'll I think he's man. gonna. Was he rated? Slap DW around. What's he rated? Nine ninety three. I think. Okay. What was your guy rated? Nine eighty nine. Okay, Connor, who you got back there? Connor's gonna be way lower than both of us. I'm going. It's, right, not, it's not much lower actually. <laughs> no, he's 991. Oh, the, so I'm the oh, lowest. lowest. One of my highest rated players I've chosen so far. This is Justin Jowers. Jowers? Okay. I don't know how to pronounce it. J O E R S. But in his picture on uh, the PDGA, uh, he looks jacked. So that's cool. That's sick. He's from Oregon and he's made like 2,400 bucks in earnings this year. Nice. So he's, he, yeah, he didn't play at Portland though. Mm. But where's he from? Oregon. Mm. So he played. He's in, from Oregon, but didn't go to the Pro Tour in Portland. Interesting, man. It's probably a good pick. You're probably gonna beat us. Uh, we also, like we said, had the Utah I don't feel Open. So confident now. <laughs> we also had the Utah Open going down. Regardless of whether it's weird or not, it's a great event for Worlds prep. 
Because you get well, to play yeah, the world's I mean, courses with world with tournament pressure on you. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, against a, a stack. Field. You're going to learn a lot. I would say that it's many worlds. Yeah. Many worlds. I just, oh, I just don't even want to like. I don't. I hope there's not coverage. that it's happening. There will be. I know there will be, but I hope there's not because I agree with you. I don't that even could wanna, make worlds boring. Yeah. Because we're just going to watch Ricky. I like, and other. I like. Top players don't want to watch this Utah Open because like I don't want to like be tired of seeing this course. And it's it's both courses. They're yeah, play- they're playing both courses. Oh gosh, man, what are you doing? And it's they even said it's the same layout. Like they're 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 loud and proud about it. Like you get to watch Worlds Four Worlds. Like I don't want to do that. I want to watch Worlds when it's Worlds time. Like it's supposed to be a special event. It's a major of the PDGA. It should be special. It's like if uh, what are you, we doing? Imagine if Augusta play- the Masters like a week before had like yeah. a. Uh, invitational with all the top an, players. Imagine we played an event at Winthrop before USDGC. Yeah. The week before, everyone's like, everyone plays Winthrop Gold. That. The Winthrop Gold Open. And I can like, I, oh man, that's this is a, this, this kind of stinks, man. That's stupid. I I honestly, I when I like else. when I read it, I just didn't even think through that. I was like, oh, it's World's Prep. No, dude, the World's Prep is the practice rounds that the guys will play by themselves beforehand. That no. would never that would never happen in another sport. No, that's such a dumb call. It's like basketball, like. I was going back to basketball. I don't, I don't know why. I don't. <laughs> Trevor's like, you're not valid. It's basketball. This, this, the <laughs> thing is, though, like, too, these courses, like, it's not like it's really the PDGA's fault. I mean, I guess they could have. They, well, it is their fault. They could have vetoed it as a sanctioned event. They could have been like, no, you can't have a sanctioned event in these courses. Because, like, the park and the golf course, they don't, they're not going to veto it. But it was up to the PDGA to say, no, we are having Worlds there. Host the Utah Open at a different course in Utah, please. Like they would, I mean, it'd be like again, basketball. The PDGA like, drops the ball on protecting the prestige of their event. Duke, Duke versus shocked. UNC, like a week before the events. Like, let's have a little scrimmage, let's have a scrimmage and yeah. let's put it on ESPN. What and a bummer, man. you know, we'll allow fans and everything too, that's but a, it's not the real event. That's a bad call. Just a bad call. Well, let's still do predictions. <laughs> I didn't want to predict it, man. I picked the boring top three. I, I wa- got, I got Ricky taking it down. Because uh, yeah. he's probably going to be my pick for worlds right now. Yeah, Nico in second, and uh, Joel Freeman third. Joel Freeman has a pretty good history. I picked Ricky, then Kevin Jones, then Nico. Okay. Nice. And then on FPO, Paige first, Katrina Allen second. Same every week. And then I'm going Valerie Mandejano. I had the same, but I picked Owen for third. They picked Owen third? Yeah. All right. So, many worlds this weekend. Bomber, man. Don't tune into that if you don't want worlds. Just don't even yet. Let's all boycott the Utah Open. Yikes. Did I just say that? <laughs> Hashtag boycott the Utah Open. Let's like all not watch it. I do agree. Like they, they should have done it a different course. I yeah, guess their like, thinking is like, well, we can get all the top pros in. I mean, yeah, if you're the a, TD, a like event. they, they, the TD, like. It basically probably, makes sense for everyone but the PGA. Yeah, the PGA has got to be like, hey, like we're, that's where Worlds is going to be. Let's not show everybody off the Worlds layout before it's Worlds. I don't know though. Most coverage companies are going to be at. With those names discs. and the opportunity for people to see the world's courses, Terry Miller is going to send a crew. Anybody, somebody is going to be there. Like somebody will be there to film that because they're like, yeah, we're going to get so many views because everybody wants to see the world's courses ahead of time and they want to see the good players. Yeah, play. it is going to kind of remove the. Gosh dang it, prestige. man! What are we doing? What are we doing? You got to protect these events. It's worlds. We're out here hosting an event. Out. Like, I just doesn't make any sense to me. It makes me mad. I can tell. I'm just upset about that. Where's why isn't why isn't Paul going to be there? He's in Michigan. He's at the Discraft headquarters for He's got something to who do. Knows what? I don't know. I mean, it, honestly, because there's at first, it's two weeks out. So at first, I thought like Paul's oh. probably going to go to Michigan, go to like from Michigan to Worlds next week. Yeah. And still have like a week and a half. That's of what I'm yeah, saying. At true. first, I was like, two oh man, if you're really. not at this Utah Open, you're going to be way behind. But not really. Like you're still going to have a ton of time you have to two practice. Two weeks yeah, to play those courses. Like you normally only have a week to practice. Yeah. Two weeks for Worlds. Like yeah, you're like, going to know those courses better. And he doesn't want to spoil how good he's going to play whenever he wins Worlds. Well, that's another thing too. Is like, what if like Nico 
slaps Ricky around at the you Utah Open. You lose confidence. And yeah. you lose confidence because you just That's lost true. a tournament on these courses. Good good point. That's a great point. I, there's a lot of good players there. Like, there's a chance someone loses, like Ricky or Nico or something. I hope who, like, somebody good. Does, like, I, I hope somebody do. that we expect to win doesn't win because that's gonna ruin worlds. But if it's like, like somebody, if Ricky like, shreds it and just destroys, then everyone, we just know, like, like oh, okay, yeah, well, let's watch worlds. I everyone, guess, to watch congratulations, it again. Ricky, three-time world champion. The two companion weeks before. is gonna be a yeah. funeral. <laughs> but like, if like Nico wins it though, then that's that true. would be really exciting. That, honestly, yeah. If somebody like Nico wins, maybe it'll make it more exciting. He's be like, oh, does that mean Nico? Like, yeah, like he's in contention. Yeah. That's a that's, that's a, a good way good point. way to be positive. Connor. Yeah, good spin. Guys, Come good, on, good positive spin. You guys still got the cookies over there. We, we just got to make sure. <laughs> we just got to make sure that like Ricky or it was Ricky and um, Kevin Jones and Kevin. Yeah, so it's really really as long as Ricky doesn't win, then yeah. it's like a positive spin. We need to like call Ricky and be like, hey, don't ruin hey, worlds Ricky, for everybody. Yeah, not or both on the FPO. We need someone to beat Paige and Cat. Well, yeah, I don't really care. that's like, not gonna happen. Paige though. is gonna win worlds regardless, so like it's cool. Katrina Allen could win. Page game win worlds. Page, page back. Build the story. Page back. Katrina page Allen. Back. Page back. I'm gonna make a Katrina Allen 2021 worlds like like a um like a newspaper like an, no, like an election shirt Uh-oh. like it's her campaign like, <laughs> cat, cat for worlds cat, cat 2021. We need to, we should like just get one off shirts made for like the companion stream. Like one for oh, that's a good idea. Oh, that's that'd be a good so idea. So fun. Like whoever we're rooting for. And what sucks is again, like we can't sell them because like we don't have to. Yeah, well, but it'd we, be funny if we were wearing them though. Yeah. Yeah, we can wear them, but everyone's gonna want them. Yeah. But then like if we sell them, everyone's gonna be ticked off. So like, oh well, you're using Kat's name. Is Katrina Allen getting a portion? I'm like, no, it's a funny shirt. Like, no. We could give her a portion. Yeah, we just don't sponsor. Like, like. Someone like Paige, who's sponsored by another retail store. Yeah. Like if we made a Paige's back, she's like, "Hey, we're using we're using your name. If you want to profit off could, it, you can." We could mail her we a check honestly, of like fifty bucks. I guess we could just collab. like send her a picture of it and be like, "Hey, we're making this shirt. You know, it's clearly based on you. We're not using your likeness in any way. If you want to profit off it, you can. If not, we're still running it." <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like an ultimatum. <laughs> that like, sounds like hey, yeah. we, that sounds like we a got you in a corner. <laughs> Listen, I know you, you want to make money want, or not. <laughs> I know you guys all want pages bag shirts. I mean, we all do. So turn the page. Turn the turn the page. No, it's page turned. Page page turned. Page it's kind of like what make like moves page made or, turned. or like yeah, yeah, yeah. made moves <laughs> from Paul One Worlds. How did no one make I that shirt? I still like Page back. I think it's Paul's funny. using making moves. Hashtag like, stay golden. Make moves all year. Stay golden. <laughs> Paul's using make moves all year. Then he wins world and no one made a moves made shirt. They made moves some Lunas, made. I think. I think there so was like, discs, yeah. Ma- made moves. Moves made. <laughs> so <laughs> <We> just... much merch. <laughs> how is Move. it? Is it made? made, made? Moves made. Ah! <laughs> uh, just, you just got made. Um, <laughs> we're all going to make that call. The final segment. Call's uh, made. <laughs> uh, i'll put you in another scenario here all right you step up to your drive only thing you have to worry about on this hole is there's an ob creek on the right i'm throwing right you're looking at it, you decide you know what i'm gonna get aggressive you rip your drive and sure enough there's a goes there's a goes there's a gozy you watch as your raider that you swear was stable yesterday it flips was. over and ride straight into the creek. Gosh dang it. Devastated. You walk up the fairway only to find you might just be in bounds. It's too close to call. You're not going to. Okay. Someone else on your card steps up, sees your raider laying on the edge of the creek, decides to push it down and see if water comes up on the outer edge or not. It does. The whole group agrees you're OB. You start yelling. You're arguing. There's they touched no your disc. Way, yeah. Your disc, your call, it has to be safe. They touched no it. No chance, yeah. Who's right? 
Uh, you can't touch somebody's disc until a call has been made by the group. Absolutely no way you can touch a disc. So then what happens? So now... The disc has been touched. It's over. You're, What's the call? They're getting some Make kind, that call. <laughs> I'm saying two things happen. Number one, you are getting... If they've moved into the water, you get if like if they like moved it into the water, you're getting like relief. But you're definitely your next shot, regardless, is not penalized. No chance. And that person is getting at least a stroke for like some kind of courtesy violation of some sort. I don't know. They're getting that is like a, a violation and they're getting a they're getting a penalty. That's the as much as I can make that call. From the question and answer section on the PDGA. I'm about to be so mad at the PDGA. Your disc is OB. This is a direct quote. No way. From the answer. I put you in the exact same scenario did because they, I didn't understand this rule. What did they tell them? Is they the, said, note that the interference and position rules are written in terms of a disc being moved rather than merely touched. The other player did not change the location of your disc. In fact, yes, he did. a disc must, be, must sometimes be manipulated in order to determine its status or whose it is. If you move your possibly OB disc, it is automatically OB. But there's no corresponding rule that it makes it imbalance if someone else moves it. That is garbage. If that happens, you restore your disc to its approximate position as agreed upon by the group. That's awful. That's awful. Because I understand like moving brush off the disc, but you don't push it down. What? Like what? There, First of all, uh, from if somebody what had like the me, audacity to do that, I would tackle them into that creek. Like I would, I would literally walk off the course if that happened to me. I would be so furious. I mean, I'd I'm doing like, that in a video now. At some point, I, I, be, I would, it. I would just be furious. I'd be like, "Are you kidding me? You just like, you just purposely altered my disc, knowing that like you were gonna help it be more ob. You gotta. I'm thinking most cards I'd be on would totally just make a call by looking at it. Like there's no absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine somebody doing that, but if they did, I feel like the rest of my card, as well, long see, as they're good, what's people, interesting to me would side with me and be like, "You can't do that." And I didn't make this. I didn't make this to make that call because I didn't I didn't know the exact parts of this part. But like what's interesting to me is they're saying if someone else moves it, like you just restore it to where it happened, but like you, you sometimes have to to determine who its status or whose it is, which would make me think you have to lift the disc to look at the bottom to see whose name it is. So in that theory, as long as it's not you touching it, like someone else could walk up and like, is it on the line? Like pick your disc up and look at the bottom and like see, oh yeah, I was clearly across the line, put it back like down. That. I don't like that. And like that's what it sounds and like, really, right? And really, in what scenario do you need to look underneath the disc? Like there's been some where it's so close on a road that you're like, if only I could look under it. But now it's like maybe you can't. I'm I'm saying that know. calls should really just be made by everybody taking one good look at it. That that is how it is always done. Right. That's so I was just very curious. At like, real stupid. They there. were like, I would be fuming. If basically, did the that. other player didn't change your location. They I just, would, I would, I would it. file a very serious complaint with somebody. Like, I mean, like, what in the world? Somebody just walks up, bloop. I'd be like, Are you serious, bro? Like, did you see it? You just look so bad <laughs> and so guilty doing that. See this? See this? Ob, yeah. ob. Like, oh my gosh! First of all, you just don't Screw even. You, you, don't even, you just don't even touch somebody else's disc like that. That's messed up. I just don't understand why you would need to do that. Especially in that situation, why would pressing it down and water coming up help you? Because if it's in balance at all, then it's in balance. They're saying like you can't so, tell if there's water on the other side or not. I don't but know. It doesn't matter I, if it's sitting Don't in shoot the, the messenger. Somebody, no, I'm, somebody I'm, else is doing it. Yeah, I know, but the, he's saying like you'd be able to see if there's water running. On and it doesn't side. matter if there is water there, but there's not water on the other side, then it's in. 
Yeah, yeah, but in this scenario, down the inside to see if water comes up. In this I don't scenario, know. he it it's, it's apparently in this scenario he wants you to be out of bounds. It would appear. <laughs> yeah, it is malicious. It would appear it's so close that like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people I've ever played would be like, oh, it's yeah. so close we can't. But call then you it, got the one guy who's player. like, hold on one second. Yeah, and then Connor That's, walks up and it's like elbow <laughs> top rope splash. That OB. stinks, man. I would be furious. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. But that's in their that's in their question and answer section. That's gross. I, it doesn't it doesn't sound right. Nothing about it sounds right. Absolutely but. gross. Apparently it is. PJ, you can get your rules checked, man. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. Playing, it felt like a longer episode. Rules. I don't know if it actually was. It felt like it went on forever. But uh, be sure to check out the Resistance Discs open. Um, if you want worlds to not be spoiled. Yeah. Don't watch many worlds. Hashtag boycott many worlds. <laughs> Another shirt. We're three for three. <laughs> if you guys want to join our run club, hit us up. <laughs> don't actually. We'll have a lot of like super marathon runners. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Actually, no. I, I rescind that offer. Yeah. We don't need to be embarrassed. There's a reason I made that group private. <laughs> I won't even tell you what app we use. Fitbit. It's called Doodle Jump. <laughs> yeah, Doodle it's, called Jump. A- it's called Angry Birds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week.